Yes, we almost forgot the people in the Zoom. So, welcome everyone. Thank you. Good evening. And by the way, I'm just impressed by, uh, by the attentiveness of these people. It's a very good class. <laughs> to the very detail. God is good, friends. Amen? Amen. And uh, I could not be more excited that the restoration this year is focusing so much on prayer. I'm so, I'm so blessed by prayer, friends. I believe that uh, all of us here will not be here if not for prayer. If not for one person that had been praying for us, maybe one or two. And I believe that without my mother's prayer, I would not be here right now. God is good, friends. Amen? Amen. And especially in such a time as this, we need prayer more than ever. And as we all know, it's not because of the speaker. It's not because even of the organizer. It's only because of the power of the Holy Spirit that we are able to be blessed every time we come together. So with that being said, can we spend just one minute praying with one another? If you came with a person that you're comfortable with, you could just turn to that person and let's pray that God will pour upon us His Spirit, that He'll reveal more and more of His beautiful character to us tonight. Can we do that? Let's, let's turn to the person nearest us. And for those of you who are watching in Zoom, join us as well. Dear Father, Lord, I pray. May our eyes be turned towards you. Help us, Lord, to fix our eyes on the one whose eyes is fixed on us. And thank you so much, Lord, for giving us your Holy Spirit. May you anoint each one of us, O Lord. May you hide me behind your cross that I may not be seen or be heard, but Jesus and Jesus alone be seen, be heard, be lifted up and exalted. Dear Father, we praise you and we thank you for reminding us over and over again of without you we are nothing, but when we have you, we have everything. We give you back all the praises, the glory, and the honor. We pray all this in the loving and precious name of your son, Jesus. All your children say, Amen. Amen. Friends, isn't it a blessing to discover more and more of the beautiful character of our Lord? Huh? And I believe each one of you have a glimpse that you have seen yesterday that you have not seen before. And it's such a joy hearing people saying, Jem, I have not seen this before. And I did not know that, that Jesus is this amazing. Friends, another stories, group of stories that I'll be sharing with you this evening. Remember, how many men that we were talking about last night? Two. Two men. Tonight, it's women's turn. It's about three women. So it means to say that uh, it's three times the length of the talk compared to last night. No. <laughs> and you're afraid now. Friends, I'll be talking about this... This group of women here that, that really inspired me. And one of them, one of them really moved my heart. At the moment I first read this story, I, I actually broke down. Yes, friends, I'm a crybaby. But this too, I did not even realize that their story is as significant as this. And I was blown away. And so without further ado, I'll, I'd like to introduce you the first woman. And when you look at the story... The story somehow started with, with Jesus on, on a mission. And she was not even the main character. She just came in the scene. But later on, I be began to see it was about her. <laughs> this whole chapter is about her. I guess by now you know who I'm talking about. Can anyone guess? Oh, <laughs> my Ate Marlene there, she got it right. Friends, this is the woman who has the, the blood issue for 12 years. Listen to the description. On the way to the ruler's, Jairus' house, he had met in the crowd a poor woman who for 12 years had suffered from a disease that made her life a burden. And friends, remember, she spent all her money going to the doctors, wanting for a cure, but then she was just pronounced incurable. Friends, just imagine 12 years and she was hemorrhaging. 12 years and hemorrhaging, it's a miracle that she's still alive. It's only by the grace of God. Can you say amen to that? Amen. And friends, remember, if it's a woman's monthly cycle, they are pronounced what? Unclean. Unclean. And they could not, they're, they're like the, they're like the leper, but temporarily. Lepers are like permanent, not unless they found a cure. So every time that they had this menstrual cycle, 
they are unclean. Friends, for 12 long years, she did not have that much association with the people around her, with her family. It's like she has a leprosy. And friends, people who have leprosy, yes, they could not lift, lift up, what's this? Lift up a spoon or a fork. But this woman is even worse. Why? A friend of ours from Chattanooga, when we presented this, this beautiful narrative, she said, Jem, you know what? I want to sit down. I want to sit down in, in the audience because I, I could really relate to that woman. This friend of ours, friend, she has cancer, Gabe. I think she has, she has cancer, the same situation of that woman. And she has been bleeding for, for like six to eight months, not 12 years but six to eight months. And she described to us the situation. Just even getting up, it takes a lot of strength. The moment she gets up, it will take her more minutes to recover. And going from this spot to the microphone, it will take her at least 15 to 30 minutes. And while she's there standing, it will take her a few more minutes to recover from the strength that she has lost. Friends, can you imagine the life of this woman? It's not just a life of seclusion, but a life of just like powerlessness. And she's not just depleted of power, of strength. She's depleted of friends. She's depleted of association. And she's also depleted of hope. But friends, listen to this. And this is one amazing thing when Jesus is in the scene. There's hope. Can you say amen? And she said here, but her hopes revived when she heard of the cures that Christ performed. Her hope revives when? When she what? When she heard. Friends, that's why it's important to be talkative about Jesus. Inspired by the Spirit, friends. It's really important to talk about the goodness of what God has done in our lives. Let's not keep it to ourselves. Okay, it says there. She felt assured that if she could only go to Him, she would be healed. And friends, it says here, in weakness and suffering. Now, you could picture out how difficult it was for her. By the testimony of that woman who just suffered for six to eight months. Now, you could picture out, friends, in weakness and suffering, she came to the seaside where he was teaching and tried to press through the crowd, but in vain. Friends, if you're not feeling well, the midst of the crowd is not the most conducive place to be in. Huh? I loved to go to the mall when I was young, girl. But now it just takes away my strength when you are surrounded by a lot of people. When you are surrounded by a lot of people, when you are sick, it's even worse. So it took a lot of strength in her. But I believe, friends, but that even going there, it was not her strength that sustained her. It was the strength, strength of the one. And we did not, she did not even know that draw her. Listen, friends. She tried to press through the crowd, but in vain. Again, she followed him to the, to the house of Levi Matthew, but was still unable to reach him. She had begun to despair when in making his way through the multitude. Friends, it was frustrating for her. She went to the, to the seaside. And she was following Jesus, friends. Just imagine, this is a long walk. Now she goes to the house of Levi Matthew, and now she could not, she could not reach her. And, but friends, this is one amazing thing. Remember, remember the thought that we shared yesterday, that even when the paralytic, let's go back to the paralytic yesterday, before he even came to Jesus, Jesus already saw him in his house. And it is Jesus who inspired the paralytic to have hope. Can this woman be a different case? I believe not. Listen, I'd like to, to read that, that line from the paralytic's story. While the paralytic was yet at home, the Savior had brought conviction to his conscience. And Jesus watched that first glimmer of faith grow into a belief that he was the sinner's only helper. And he had seen it grow stronger with every effort to come into his presence. That glimmer of hope grows stronger as the paralytic drew closer to the presence of Jesus. And friends, it might seem that this is a desperate 
desperate move from the woman, but every move that she makes, God strengthens her. Can you say amen? amen? And I like this next line when it says there that she began to despair when in making his way through the multitude, he, Jesus, came near where she was. Did you see this, friend? It's not the woman's effort that made her come near to Jesus. It was Jesus who draw nearer to her. Only two people were inspired by that line. <laughs> it was Jesus who draw nearer to her. Amen. Oh, praise God. We're awake. It says here, the golden opportunity had come. She was in the presence of the great physician. But amid the confusion, she could not speak to him, nor catch more than a passing glimpse of his figure. Have you taken a picture that the person was so fast, it was just a blur? This was what she could catch from Jesus. It's just a blur. She could not even talk to him. Fearful of losing her one chance of relief, she pressed forward. Friends, just imagine the strength that she invested in just to press forward. She pressed forward saying to herself, if I may but touch his garment, I will be whole. And New Living Translation, she says, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. As he was passing, she reached forward. I believe she threw herself. She reached forward and succeeding in barely touching the border of his garment. Did you hear this? In barely touching the border of his garment. It's just like a brush. She did not even grab it. It was just like a brush of the hem of the garment of Jesus. But in that moment, she knew that she was healed. Isn't this beautiful? In that moment, she knew that it was healed. If that is the nearest I could get near to him, I know that in that moment, I get what I, what I needed. Friends, it says here, in that one touch was concentrated the faith of her life. And instantly her pain and feebleness gave place to the vigor of perfect health. Wow. That was a desperate, that was a desperate touch. That was a desperate faith. And this is the thing that I like about, about faith, about God. It's not about how you know or what you know or your skills. It's about how much do you need Him. I love that beautiful line as well from Desire of Ages that speaks. From the soul that feels his need, nothing is withheld. Only one person replied. <laughs> from the soul that feels his need, nothing is withheld. Isn't that beautiful? How much do you need Jesus? If you need him this much, this is what you get. But if you need him this much, and this much, then that's how, you, how much you get. Friends, this is one thing that I realize. Most of the time we ask, Lord, please give me this. Give me that. Give me this person. Give me that person. You know what should be asking? Lord, please increase my need of you. Help me to be more desperate of you. Give me a hunger that you alone can feel. Give me a thirst that you alone can quench. I desire to thirst after you. Not just for the water, but for the living water. Not just for the crumbs or even the vegan cake, but for the bread of life. Friends, that should be our prayer. Oh, friends, I love this line that I heard from one speaker. He says, the presence of God, this is a beautiful equation. The presence of God plus intentional contact is equals transformation. Isn't that beautiful? The presence of God plus intentional contact equals transformation. transformation. And friends, this is one beautiful message tonight because the presence of God is not so far away from us. It's actually pursuing us. The title of this night's message is Relentless Pursuit. Sometimes we think that we are the one chasing after God, but no, God is placing Himself in our way that we'll be able to reach Him. Oof. 
This is the God that we serve, friends. With grateful heart, she then tried to withdraw from the crowd. But suddenly Jesus stopped and the people halted with him. He turned and looking about as in a voice distinctly heard above the confusion of the multitude. I want to hear that voice when I get to heaven. I want to play this, this DVD here. I want to see that. Friends, just imagine the crowd was clamoring after him, but his voice raised above that. And it's not an angry voice, but a very distinct authoritative voice. Who touched me? And, and of all the disciples, I could really relate to Peter. Peter was a bit talkative, friends. He always has something to say. And Peter, ever ready to speak in Matthew 5, verse 31, he said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you, and you say, who touched me? Like Peter is saying, hello. <laughs> it's too crowded, Master. <laughs> like, duh. <laughs> Friends, Peter was trying to rebuke Jesus, but Jesus told him, no, it was someone who deliberately touched me, for I felt healing power go out from me. It's beautiful, friends. It says here, the Savior could distinguish the touch from... Let me read that again. I'm too excited. The Savior could distinguish the touch of faith from the casual touch of careless throng. Wow. The Savior could distinguish the touch of faith from the careless touch of this throng that has been following Him. And my question when I read this, has I been just following you carelessly or I've been so near to you that I was just touching God carelessly but not desperately? Friends, this is a good question we could ask for ourselves. Are we just following him for the sake that, that we'll have some bread? <laughs> or are we following him because we desire him? It's him that we pursue. And friends, this is one of my conclusion. Only a touch like this could draw power from the source of all power. Only a touch like this, a desperate touch, a desperate cry that could bring power out of the source of all power. Such trust should not be passed without comment. He would speak to the humble woman words of comfort that would be to her a wellspring of joy. Words that would be a blessing to his followers to the close of time. Wow. Words that would be a blessing to his followers. Who's these followers? Us. To the end of time. Looking toward the woman, Jesus insisted on knowing who had touched him. Just imagine, friends, put yourself in a woman's shoes. When Jesus was approaching her, who touched me? He's looking at you. He's looking at you like looking at Catherine. Who touched me? Like speak. <laughs> and this is what happened. Finding concealment vain. She came forward tremblingly and cast herself at his feet. With grateful tears, she told the story of her suffering and how she had found relief. Jesus gently said, I believe, friends, this this woman thinks that she, she will be reprimanded. But Jesus, with his gentle voice, said, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Oh, friends. He gave no opportunity for superstition to claim healing virtue for the mere act of touching his garment. Because a lot of people were touching him, it was not through the outward contact with him, but through the faith which took hold of his divine power that cure was wrought. Wow. Friends, are we coming to Jesus like this? My dear friends, we should learn from that woman. And I believe God is putting us most of the time in desperate situations that we would call out to Him like this. That we would draw to Him as desperate as we should. Because if we do not need Him, my dear friends, we will not have the benefit of having this wonderful, beautiful Savior that we have. Especially we're living right now in a world where almost everything that we need is at the tips of our finger. I was... We were driving with Carissa and, uh, and Dr. Danilo. By the way, he hates when he call, and I call him Dr. Danilo. <laughs> Hello, Dr. Danilo. <laughs> and I was not even thinking, like, in my time, in the dinosaur time, 
like online shopping would exist. Isn't that crazy? I know for those of you who could, who could relate that we have to, ta- to take a, a bus or a jeepney in the Philippines to go somewhere to buy, but right now everything is at the tips of your finger. This is a generation right now that everything that we need is just like we can produce. There's not much need of God. But friends, look around. There's a huge need of God. Can you say amen? Let's, let, us, let us move on. It says here, The only faith that will benefit us is that which embraces Him as a personal Savior, which appropriates His merit to ourselves. Genuine faith is life. A living faith means an increase of vigor, a confiding trust, which the soul becomes a conquering power. Friends, this is just like a gluttony, a gluttony of promises tonight, isn't it? Let's pray that the Lord will give us the capacity to receive this. Let me read that again, friends. A living faith means an increase of vigor, a confining trust by which the soul becomes a conquering power. This is where the Lord desires us to be in. Can you say amen? Amen. And as He desires that for you, He wants to give it to you. After the woman was healed, Jesus desired her to acknowledge the blessing she had received. Did you hear this? Jesus desired for her to what? Acknowledge. Remember what we were talking about since last weekend? Declaring the praise to God. Do not keep to yourself what God has done to you. This is Jesus himself desiring this from the woman. It says, The gifts which the gospel offers are not to be secured by stealth or enjoyed in secret. So the Lord calls upon us for confession of His goodness. Wow! The Lord is calling each one of us. Talk about the goodness of God. Talk about what He has done. Talk about the amazing God that you serve. Can you say amen to that? Jesus said, Isaiah 43 verse 12, Ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, that I am God. And I like this next line, friends. This is from... Also from this chapter, our confession of His faithfulness is heaven's chosen agency for revealing Christ to the world. Wow. A lot of people around us may not even realize that they need Jesus. The confession of the goodness of the faithfulness that God has done to us, that's the revelation of Christ to our neighbors, the people around us. But the most effectual is the testimony of our own experience. God desires that our praise shall ascend to Him, marked by our own individuality. I like this. It doesn't need to be that your praise will be the same as my praise. It should be marked by your own individuality. Isn't this beautiful, friends? God is a very personal God. He wants you to express what He has done to you your way. Your way, your song. Mm. This precious acknowledgement to the praise of the glory of His grace, supported by a Christ-like life, have an irresistible power that works for the salvation of souls. Wow, friends. So that was the story of the woman that has the issue of blood. Remember, the presence of God plus intentional contact equals what? transformation. Next, the second woman that I'd like to share with you this evening is a Syrophoenician woman. Remember her story? The woman that's very persistent of asking Jesus. So it says here, friends, when Jesus, in Desire of Ages, this is from Desire of Ages, uh, chapter 42, entitled, The Barriers Broken Down. When Jesus came to this place, Jesus was seeking rest. So he was seeking rest. It says here, in coming to this region, he hoped to find retirement that he had failed to secure a Bethsaida. Just imagine, friends. Jesus was the busiest when he was here on earth. Everywhere he goes, there's the crowd. Everywhere he goes, somebody wants to be healed. Somebody wants to to unburden themselves. He had no place to rest. But it says here, yet... This was not his only purpose in taking this journey. And you know later on. And when Jesus went out, 
there and departed to the, to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region. This is from Matthew 15, verses 21 to 23. And he cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But Jesus answered not a word. And the disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away. She cries out after us. Like, Lord, please send her away. She's annoying. It says here, Although did not, Jesus did not reply, the woman did not lose faith. Oh, but annoyed by her importunities, the disciples were begging Jesus. Jesus, she's getting more and more annoying. Please send her away. And they saw that Jesus was not responding to that woman. And, and this is the thought. They saw that their master treated her with indifference. And therefore, supposed that the prejudice of the Jews against the Canaanites was pleasing to him. Although this answer appeared to be in accordance with the prejudice of the Jews, it was an implied rebuke to the disciples. Friends, Jesus was actually mirroring their prejudice towards the Syrophoenician woman. This woman is a Canaanite, and they look at this race as even lower than the Samaritans. And friends, this is a very interesting conversation. But he answered and said, while this woman was crying out, Jesus finally answered. And this is the, the answer of Jesus. I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. In other words, Jesus said, you are not who I came here for. Whoa. You might ask for help. Sorry, you are not part of my agenda. Oh, such a painful Painful stuff, huh? But listen to this, friend. The woman, what she did was, and she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. Wow. Even Jesus, rebuke upon her, did not stop her. Lord, help me. She's just like, she's wanting to listen to only one answer. Isn't it amazing? They have a similarity of that leper last night <laughs> the woman kept on walking towards jesus and then jesus gave this answer it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs Woo! this answer would have utterly discouraged a less earnest seeker but my dear friends this seeker was a desperate seeker friends you see the desperation will propel us to move closer to the Lord, even when there are trials, even when there are things that would stop us along the way. And friends, listen to this. But the woman saw her opportunity had come. Listen to this next line. It's very interesting. Beneath the apparent refusal of Jesus, she saw a compassion that he could not hide. You want me to read it again? <laughs> Beneath the apparent refusal of Jesus, she saw a compassion that he could not hide. Friends, Jesus could not pretend to be mean. His compassionate character comes out. And friends, get this. Get this. She only saw this because she was humbling before the presence of God. She was humbling herself before the presence of the healer. Most of the time, if we are not humble before God's presence, a little test that the Lord will give us, will someone say, mm, if you don't want me, then I don't want you. Friends, you know why I said this? Because I've done this so many times in my life. Because I was not humble. And I'm still learning how to humble myself. And, and she said, yes, Lord, even the little dogs eat crumbs which fall from their master's table. Wow. Only a humble person would utter such a reply. The Savior is satisfied. He has tested her faith in him. By his dealings with her, he has shown that she has been regarded as an outcast from Israel. It's no longer an alien, but a child in God's household. Our great need is our only claim on God's mercy. Woof. 
Our great need is our only claim on God's mercy. Then Jesus answered and said, and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. Your prayer is granted. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Friends, isn't this beautiful? And this next slide really moved my heart. Jesus knew this woman's situation. He knew that she was longing to see him. And he placed himself in her path. <laughs> Jesus placed himself in her path. Isn't this beautiful, friends? Can you see the connection right now? Can you see the connection that that woman who was trying to reach Jesus' garment, Jesus came near that she could touch him. And now, this woman that seemingly Jesus was not listening to, actually Jesus knew about her whole story before Jesus went there. And Jesus placed himself in her path. Listen, friends, and this is another thing that really blew my mind. This was the only miracle that Jesus wrought while on this journey. Remember when Jesus said a while ago that you are not the one I came here for? Actually, no. <laughs> he was testing her. Jesus came to that place only just for her. Can you say amen? amen. Friends, and seeing this, I begin to realize Jesus came here to this world just for you, just for me. This is the God that we serve. The God that we serve is not playing hard to get, friends. We are the ones playing hard to get. He's the one who's relentlessly putting himself in front of us that we may somehow notice him. Our God is relentlessly pursuing us says here, it was for the performance of this act that he went to the borders of Tyre and Sidon. He wished to relieve the afflicted woman. Wow. That was his only purpose, my dear friends. Aren't you loving your Savior even more? Do you love this picture of Jesus that you have right now? Friends, take a picture of it. Take a mental picture of it. Do not even erase that. Because the enemy would love to erase that. The enemy would love to put some lies to somehow make you think that God has turned, has turned his back from you. But friends, if we are like that woman, if we humble ourselves before him, if we are desperate to call upon him, my dear friends, the, the lies of the enemies would not be effective. Did you hear that? That's why I believe that it's very important, my dear friends, when Jesus gave us that beautiful counsel in 2 Chronicles 7, verse 14, if my people which are called by my name shall what? Shall humble themselves and pray. God did not say right away, shall pray. He said, humble themselves and pray. That is a very important prerequisite, friends. We do not pray like this. Like, Lord, remember, the act of praying is this. It means to say submission. It means to say recognizing that there is a higher power than you. Friends, have you noticed that when we start any program on our knees, coming together, asking for the presence of the Holy Spirit, there's this a different, beautiful experience in the atmosphere. Because that's what the Lord desires from us. To recognize that we need Him. We recognize that we are but dust. We are but dust. And He is wonderful Creator. Friends, third woman. Oh, we are in woman number three. We're about to end. Don't worry, friends. This is 20 pages. <laughs> Actually, this is short. The next woman... Another picture that when you look at the story, she was not really the, the main focus. Remember the story of the centurion? The Roman centurion that Jesus commended? The centurion who, who came to Jesus because his servant was sick? After that, after, after healing that servant from Capernaum, Jesus walked this, this hike a long hike, listen to this, friends. More than 20 miles from Capernaum, 
on a table and overlooking the wide, beautiful plain of Esdraelon lay the village of Nain. The village of Nain. In the Philippines, we call this Nain. So the village of Nain. And, and here, to that place, Jesus next bent his steps. Friends, Jesus walked 20 plus miles to go to this place. A while ago, Jesus took a boat to go to Tyre and Sidon. Now he's walking 20 miles to go to this place. What is Jesus' agenda in this place? Many of his disciples and others were with him. And along all the way, the people came. While they're walking, people were just gathering. This is just like a band of travelers right now. And his words of love and pity bringing their sick for, his, for their healing. And ever with a hope that he would yield, wield, wielded such wondrous power, would make himself known as the king of Israel. People were following him for the wrong reasons. Because they want, they want him to be king. And they want to sit at his right and his left. That is, I believe, one of the many reasons of his disciples that they were following him a multitude thronged his steps and it was a glad expectant company that followed him up to the rocky path toward the gate of the mountain village but friends listen to this as they draw near a funeral train is seen coming from the gates with slow sad steps it is proceeding to the place of burial on an open coffin or an open casket carried in front is the body of the dead and about it are the mourners, filling the air with their wailing cries. All the people of the town seem to have gathered to show their respect for the dead and their sympathy for the bereaved. You know who I'm talking about, friends. It says here, It was a sight to awaken sympathy. The deceased was the only son of his mother, and she is a widow. Friends, remember, in that olden times, when your son dies, if your daughter dies, especially if you're the only son, it means to say that your line would stop. Your existence will no longer be. So it was just the saddest reality. And friends, even now, the townspeople are mourning together with the loss of this mother. It says here, The lonely mourner was following to the grave her sole earthly support and comfort. When the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her. As she moved on blindly weeping, noting not his presence, he came close beside her. She was weeping. She was overwhelmed with sorrow. And she did not realize who was beside her. Friends, sometimes are we, in the, we are in this situation. Would you believe? Huh? We do not even realize that Jesus is already beside us. Amen. Because we are just so overwhelmed by the pain, by the hurt, by the disappointments that we face. But friends, Jesus sees your sorrow. and He has compassion on you. And it says here, He came close beside her and gently said, Weep not. Weep not. Jesus was about to change her grief to joy, yet he could not forbear this expression of tender sympathy. In clear, authoritative voice, the words are spoken in Mark 7 verse 14. Young man, I say unto thee, arise. That voice pierces the ears of the dead. Oof! Can you say amen? amen? Do you want to hear that voice, friends? Can you say amen? amen. Newsflash. This voice is speaking to you every single day. If you just spend time listening to his voice, this voice wants to converse with you. If you just shut off every noise around you, before you start out your day, you'll have this voice empowering your dead soul. Friends, listen to this. Oh, the young man opens his eyes. Jesus takes him by the hand and lifts him up. His gaze falls upon who has been weeping beside him. And mother and son unite in a long, clinging, joyous embrace. Wow. 
Isn't this a beautiful picture, friends? Friends, soon, soon, very, very soon, we will have this reunion with our loved ones. I will have this reunion with my mother, with my father, with my older brother. Friends, this is going to be a beautiful reunion. (sighs) There'd be eternity to share what are the crazy things that God has done in my life. And what God has done in your life, my dear friends. Friends, the multitude looked on in silence. Then they glorified God saying that a great prophet is risen among us and that God had visited his people. The funeral train returned to Naim as a triumphal procession. Wow. (laughs) The funeral train went back to Naim on a triumphal procession. Friends, one thing I realized, we may be walking in this journey of life like a funeral train, like a funeral palm. We don't have to walk that walk. Can you say amen? Amen. My friends, my very good friends, wipe your tears and see who's walking with you. Unplug your ears from the noise of the world and listen to the voice that's telling you, weep not. I am with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Can you say amen to that, friends? Oh, listen. He who stood beside a sorrowing mother at the gate of Nain watches with every morning one beside the coffin. He is touched with sympathy for our grief. His heart that loved and pitied is the heart of unchangeable tenderness. The same heart that you have seen here is the same heart that is available for each one of you, friends. His word that called the dead to life is no less efficacious now than when spoken to the young men of Nain. He says, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. The power is not diminished by the lapse of years, nor exhausted by the ceaseless activity of His overflowing grace. To all who believe on Him, He is still a living Savior. That is a weak amen. This love is diminished. He is still, it's undiminished, I mean. He is still the living Savior. Oh, friends. We have so much to be grateful for. We have so much to celebrate. Stop that long face. Stop exercising your cheekbones, friends. You have a living Savior. You have a compassionate Savior. You have a Savior that relentlessly pursues you. Stop running. Stop running. Start wiping your tears. Unplug your ears and hear His voice. That's the same God that pursues us right now. Friends, while I was sharing this, in that episode, we have a few studio audience. By the way, it will come out, have mercy, it will come out maybe soon, or maybe this year or next year in 3BN. The show is called Glimpses of Jesus. So one of these episodes is this. And one of those uh, odd studio audience, she came to me after I shared this. He said, Jem, and she was crying. I said, Jem, I have something to tell you. I thought that God abandoned me when he took my husband away from me. And she was pleading before God. She told, he told me, Jem, my, my husband was, was dying. And I, I said to the Lord, Lord, I know you will never leave me nor forsake me. I know, I believe that you will raise my husband from the sickness. And friends, her husband passed away. She has two young boys. And there, Jem, my biggest disappointment was, was when I was looking at my husband being cleaned in, in the funeral parlor. And right there and then, my heart broke. I have never felt so abandoned in my life. And that time, I could not get over it. Yet even 
Even now, I could not get over it until today. Until today. While you were saying that, all the memories flashed back again. The Lord brought me back to that funeral parlor. Well, I'm, well, I'm seeing, lo- looking at my husband being cleansed, being dressed. And one thing changed because during that time, I see Jesus now standing beside me. And she was weeping. She was crying. Said, He never left my side. He never left my side. And that's all she could say. He never left my side. Friends, I gave her a hug and we prayed. And you know what? I did not even know that even her sons were affected by this. At the end of the show, a few more episodes, her son prayed. This young boy, this 14-year-old boy, and he said, Lord, I praise you that even in the midst of my painful situation, you are there with me. Friends, let us realize that we have a God like him who never leaves us nor forsakes us. Satan cannot hold the dead in his grasp when the Son of Man bids him live. Did you hear this, friends? No matter how hopeless your situation is, no matter how hopeless the situation of the one whom you are praying for, Satan could not hold the dead in his grasp. Can you say amen? Amen. He cannot hold in spiritual death one soul who in faith receives Christ's word of power. God is saying to all who are dead in sin, Awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you life. Ephesians 5 verse 14. That word is eternal life. As the word of God which bade the first man live, still gives us life. Wow! That word who gave life to Adam, he has not lost the power. Listen to that voice. Day by day, moment by moment, and you will continue to receive life. Can you say amen, friends? Oh, (laughs) as Christ's word, young man, I say unto thee, arise. Gave life to the young, to the youth of Nain. So that word, arise from the dead, is life to the soul that receives it. It's life to the soul that receives it. My dear friends, who among you here wants life? And I believe you want to receive that word. I want to receive that word. Romans 8 verse 11. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead, dwells in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. My dear friends, if there's something that we need to be praying for, is that His Spirit will fill us. If there's something that we need to do, is empty our lives, our hearts with all this clutter, that we will receive life, from him oh last quote says the soul that was given let me repeat that the soul that has given himself to Christ is more precious in his sight than the whole world wow isn't this beautiful smile The soul that has given himself to Christ is more precious in his sight than the whole world. The Savior would have passed through the agony of Calvary that one might be saved in his kingdom. Did you hear this, friends? He would do Calvary all over again, even if it's just for you. Even if it's just for me. He will never abandon one for whom he has died. Did you hear this, friend? Can you say amen to that? He will never abandon one whom he has died unless his followers choose to leave him. He will hold them fast. Unless you choose to leave him, he will hold you fast. Friends, is it your desire tonight that God will hold you? Is it your desire tonight that God will break the chains that have tied you down from giving your all to Him? Is that your desire? 
Raise your hand if that is your desire. Friends, as we end this night's meeting, let's gather by threes or by four, and let us start by praising Him, thanking Him that He is an ever-pursuing Father. Let us praise Him for His relentless pursuit to each and every one of us. And after we thank Him, just the first minute, let's just go back and forth, like one or a minute and a half, let's just go back and forth, thanking Him. So no prayer requests first, no confession, just praises and thanksgiving. Just one minute, go around the three of you, or four of you. And then the next one, I'll lead into a song. It means to say that we'll transition. The next one will be, Lord, please hold me. Lord, please continually speak to my ears. Clear my senses that I'll be able to hear you. Respond to his call. Can we do that? Friends, let's, let's gather. Dear Father, Lord, we praise you and we thank you. For there are so many reasons now, Lord, to give you praise and to give you thanks. Thank you, Lord, for pursuing us. And as we begin to lift up our prayers, our praises and thanksgiving, Lord, I pray that may you teach us how to praise you. We may begin our time of prayer. Yes, dear Father, we ask that you please teach us, Lord, to open our hearts to you. Father, as we go into our time of prayer request, our first prayer request is that, Lord, that may we be still in your presence, that you'll be able to hold us. Help us, Lord, to give in to you. Help us to give in to the one who has been pursuing us. And our friends as well that are joining us in Zoom, you could gather our families and let us commit our lives back to the one who has given his life to us. Friends, we may spend a minute and a half giving our hearts once again to Jesus. We may begin our prayers. Oh, dear Father, Lord, thank you so much for opening our eyes tonight. Thank you for helping us to see so many evidences, dear Lord, of how much you love us, how much you have been pursuing after us. Lord, thank you so much for helping us realize that in times of our greatest despair, in our darkest moments, that we are not left alone, that you are there standing beside us. Lord, I pray that may we continue to abide with you. Help us, Lord, to draw nearer to your side. And Lord, I pray in a very special way that may you continue to anoint all of us with the anointing power of your Holy Spirit. Dismiss us, dear Father, with your Spirit. And I pray, dear Lord, that may you baptize each one of us. Dwell in our hearts, O Lord, that you may do the things that we could not do for ourselves. We give you back all the praises, the glory, and the honor. For we pray all this in the loving and precious name of your Son, Jesus. All your children say, Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's Word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.